This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, all made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lob one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Caught ball. First down to the 50. Outside the numbers. 40 to the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting healthy for the 2021 playoffs. That is our topic today on a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube today for episode 245. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, this is awkward, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. How are you doing this week? I I know you're you're pretty excited about the game this week. I don't know who you're going to pick to win just yet, but I don't feel like I can trust you all the way. How are you doing, man? (laughs) I'm doing well. Um, I'm I'm doing well up here in Philadelphia, uh, which <laughs> yeah, I, I I realize is um is a conflict of interest. I guess right. I well, guess I mean, that's the best way to describe it. We've been calling you the Philly Bucks fan for like two years now, and yeah. it, you know it hasn't really been a second thought. I mean, we were calling you the Philly Bucks fan when the Bucks played the Birds back in uh, what was it 2018 with Fitz Magic at the helm week two. They were able to get the job done. We called you the Philly Bucks fan when they played the Bucks earlier on this season, but now it it definitely feels like it holds a little bit more weight. Like I'm, like I've said, I'm, I'm superstitious about sports, and I'm just getting some bad vibes from you this week. <laughs> what kind of bad vibes could it possibly be? So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. You know, I, I don't. I don't really. I mean, look, the the Bucks have beaten the Eagles the last two times, last three times they played them actually. So who, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they make it up for. It's just it, it feels a little bit different because you know somebody's season's going to end on Sunday. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's you know that's the nature of the beast of the NFL playoffs. If you lose, you're done. You don't really get a chance to go back, look at the film, and then get ready to play again next week and try and improve. Like that is. That is your make-or-break game of the season. So I know that for you, you're pretty excited to see Jalen Hurts and the Birds get it done. Your favorite football player going to be out there playing against the defending Super Bowl champions. It's a big week for you, man. 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure is. <laughs> so let's talk about the defending Super Bowl champions on today's mailbag show. Uh, the biggest news of the week so far, the Buccaneers have designated several guys to return from the IR. That includes linebacker Levante David, running back Leonard Fournette, and running back Gio Bernard. Let's talk about Levante David really quick and what he's going to do with this defense. What a great week for him to come back. Because I think the biggest issue of uh, in this Bucks defense since he has left with injury is the run defense. We have seen, feels like multiple teams have put up 100-yard days on the ground against Tampa Bay. And that's not something that happens very often over the last three seasons if anybody has been paying attention for that long. So getting 54 back out there I think is really going to help this team set the edge. Because Lev uh, Levante David is so good at you know, sideline to sideline, being the guy to make the tackle. He's usually your last line of defense before a play can break open and come down to, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. or whatever DB you have back there in hopes that they can make the tackle. So getting Levante David back this week is not only big for the run defense, but it's huge for this playoff matchup because Philly comes into the game with uh, pretty much the best running attack in the NFL. So that is that is a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he's not only like one of your best run defenders. He's just one of your best players in general. Yeah. Um, and and you're, you're a worse football team when he's not out there. It's just it's it's factual. Um, yeah, I think the run defense has definitely been hurt by by his absence. Uh, Devin White's play has been hurt by his absence. So if he's able to go now, here's the difference. OK, so the Bucks. we talked about this before the show started, but the Bucks like kind of deceived some people. Uh, they put out a thing that just said Levante David, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard returned to practice. Their their practice window was opened. Um, their, their practice window was opened. Doesn't mean they're necessarily practicing. So Levante David didn't actually practice today, even though today was a walkthrough. So like it doesn't really matter that much. But um, Levante David didn't practice today. So there was a little bit of confusion there. Uh, doesn't mean they won't play. Doesn't mean they will play. But they're 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 closer to playing now than they were uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Much closer. Yeah, and I think of the three guys that I just listed, the expectation is that at least two of them are going to be good to go for Sunday's game. Gio Bernard was designated to return, but you know, with Le'Veon Bell kind of finding a role as a receiving back, he he looks seamless, by the way, out there catching the ball on third down most of the time. I know that his snaps have been limited, but I think Le'Veon Bell is proving that he can be an asset to this offense going forward. So not too sure how much of a hurry they are putting Geo back out there, but I think for sure Levante and Leonard Fournette are going to be suiting up this week, right? Yeah, I think that's, that's see, Leonard Fournette for sure. Um, I, I have a lot of confidence that Fournette's going to be back. It sounded like Bruce Arians was confident that Fournette would be back. Um, I'm unsure about Levante David still. It looks like that's truly going to be like, I think a Saturday or Sunday decision. Yeah. Um, we'll see if he practices or not. Uh, but yeah, Giovanni Bernard, like we talked about, I just, I don't know if they are going to be eager to rush him back. You know, it's funny last year, the Bucks just could not find a pass catching back to save their lives. Yeah. And now this year, their best pass catching back on the roster, Giovanni Bernard, you're saying, oh, well, maybe you don't have to rush him back because Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette have been good doing that. Right. So it, it's it's crazy uh, how much how much difference a year makes. Um, yeah, I would expect Fournette back. I'm still unsure about David. And I still think next week, if the Bucks advance, next week is a little bit more realistic for Giovanni Bernard. 
Hey, quick ad break, but uh, let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag, one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Let's talk a little bit more about the return of Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, and what that can potentially mean for this Bucks offense. So Keyshawn Vaughn has kind of been carrying the load these last two games of the season. Ronald Jones, uh, I think, left the game. Was it the Jets game, right? Correct. He, yep, he, yeah, he Jets left game. the Jets game with an ankle injury. He was actually wearing a boot at practice, has not played. And uh, Bruce Arians actually addressed it today, said that Ronald Jones is looking doubtful for this Sunday so with that being the case, I mean, even that much bigger of a deal that you're getting Leonard Fournette back. And of all players, hopefully you can get, you know, some version of playoff Lenny that we saw really take over this run game in the playoffs last year for Tampa Bay. You're going to need it, right? Yeah. Um, with, with the weapons down now, uh, you know, last year playoff Lenny came, but Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown were still here. So now without both those guys, yeah, you're going to need Leonard Fournette to step up even more. Um Hopefully he can. We'll see. You know, we don't know exactly how healthy he is, right? We don't. We don't know. Uh, obviously, it sounds like he's going to be healthy enough to play, but we don't know how healthy he's actually going to be. Hopefully, he's healthy enough to be their guy. And yeah, he's going to have to because if you know, ho- I'm just hoping. It's just it would be it would be the the Bucks luck that Leonard Fournette has a fantastic season catching the football in the regular season, oh. gets hurt, is out a few games, and now all of a sudden you know just can't. Just can't catch a thing, can't catch a cold. Um, so yeah, that's my only concern that maybe like he was on a hot streak there a little bit, and maybe he, you know, maybe some rust. Uh, that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. But um, yeah, they're gonna need they're gonna need him to step up. They're gonna need a lot of their big guns uh to step up even more now uh, with the absence of of two of two of their top three wide receivers. Yeah, I think Leonard Fournette coming in and playing like he did in the postseason last year is uh, much easier said than done, right? Like, even for playoff Lenny, it's going to be a pretty tall task this week to return from injury, go back out there, and when you're short two of the star teammates that you had on offense back when you were playing, you know, you really are going to have a little bit more of a uh, a heightened role, it would seem, and I think the Bucks offense is going to be dictated by what this run game can do, because Some of the early weather reports looking at Tampa Bay's weather on Sunday. It's our first home playoff game in, uh, what, since 2007. I think they lost to the Giants at home, but doesn't look like it's going to be the prettiest of days. Uh, Obviously, things can change. A lot of weather guys are wrong, especially down here in Tampa. They told us it was going to be cold a couple of weeks ago, and that whole week it was, you know, pushing 90 degrees in the middle of December. But looks like it's going to be a nasty day on Sunday. And with a matchup like that, the Bucs are a pass-first team. It really seems like if it gets sloppy down there in Ray J, it's gonna it's gonna favor the running football team. Yeah, and uh, obviously we mentioned earlier, Eagles are number number one rushing team in the NFL. So um, yeah, right now I think there's a seventy percent chance of rain uh, during the game. 
So we're going to be uh, the the temperature rose up. It was supposed to originally be like pretty much uh, pretty cold um, for Florida, you know, around like 62, 61 degrees. Um, but but now it's supposed to be, well, you know, it's, it's a fact. Oh, no, I, right now I, on my I thing, know it's right now on said... my thing here. It says uh, 37 degrees here. So yeah. yesterday the high was like 20. That's so um, cute. You guys just got some uh, snow recently, too. Yeah, I, yeah, I can. Unlike you, I can actually build a snowman. Yeah, so. that's so. Well, you guys got um, that Philly snow, that Pennsylvania snow. I mean, Bree was up in snow. Bree was up in Pittsburgh last week. Well, what type the, of Florida, the... What type of snow does Florida have? Not a okay, lot. Uh, yeah. all right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust Florida snow continue. no more than I trust uh, Pittsburgh snow. By the way, Bree was up oh, there Pittsburgh last snow. week. And, Let's not trust that. You know what I mean? They got the three rivers, and have you seen the rivers in downtown Pittsburgh? As beautiful as that city is, those rivers are disgusting. So uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. play well, in that snow. Pittsburgh, the entire city is disgusting. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> no offense, Bree. No sure, offense. Just sure. just kidding yeah. around. Yeah. Um, we, me and Bree had that argument a, a few months ago about Pittsburgh versus Philly. I mentioned that Philly has freedom. Like, you know, that's what a declaration of independence okay. is. Like, so, okay. um, anyways, yeah, I mean, the, the weather is going to be, and also it's going to be windy. Um, that's even more of a factor, I think, than the rain, maybe. Uh, we saw... Now it's not going to be as windy as this game that I'm going to bring up, but New England versus Buffalo, right? That that wind. There's a reason New England ran the ball like 50 times. Um, you, you you have trouble throwing in the wind, and like I said, it's not going to be, it's not going to be that, right? Like it's not going to be that much wind, but the wind is still going to play a factor. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see how the bucks adjust to that. If the weather does hold up, like you said, it could be wrong. You know, we're still, we're is Wednesday right now when we're recording this. So not a definite thing. It could definitely change. Um, well, uh, we'll make sure we have a dedicated segment here throughout the rest of the week. It'll be the weather watch on Friday's yeah, right. podcast. We'll give you an updated weather report. And then maybe if we do something Saturday before the game, we'll let you know for sure then. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Really quickly here in the live chat, our buddy Adam Davies from Bucks UK brings up a great point. He says, hey, fellas, it is huge to get Levante David back. I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing a lot of quarterback scripted run plays this week. And something else to note that he mentioned, the Bucks have slipped from the number one run defense in the league to the middle of the pack, number 15 uh, since playing the Eagles in week six. So again, I think that just speaks to the point we made before of how big a deal it is to get a guy like Levante David back this week. But not only all of that, just how much the run defense is actually going to have to step up this week because they've been capable of doing it before and they're really going to have to lock down this week. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously they've been capable of doing it before. Right. I mean, you're, they're calling card is still their run defense. Um, and uh, I mean, you still got the guys, right? Vita Vey is still there. And I'm going still there. Will Golson's still there. So, um, yeah, a lot of that is going to have to really, you know, play a factor, especially if the Eagles, you know, if it's bad weather, the Eagles aren't going to throw the ball a bunch anyway. But if it's bad weather, they're definitely not going to throw it a bunch. So um, it's definitely going to play a factor. Yeah. Let's talk about some other guys, by the way, who were on the injury men this week. Uh, just two more guys who were expected to be healthy and play this week for the Bucks in the wild card matchup against Philly. Shaq Barrett and JPP expected to return. JPP has not practiced in a while. He's been missing some action. But the expectation that I have seen tossed around is that he is pretty much healed up and uh, ready to give it a go this Sunday against Philly. And that's good because Jason Pierre-Paul, by the way, in his career, is 8-0. 
yeah. in playoff games. He is 4-0 and with the New York Giants when he went to the Super Bowl. How spoiled is he? Beat Tom Brady. And he is also 4-0 and when the Bucks made their 2020 Super Bowl, play, uh, Super Bowl playoff run. And he was a factor in that. Yeah, right? I mean, what Seriously. a good luck charm. He, 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 make, he makes the playoffs two times in his entire career and doesn't lose a playoff game. I think that's the sole reason he needs to be out there. I mean, it, like, you, know, you know how many times players have just gone to Super Bowl at the Super Bowl and not won it, and he's two for two in his only two playoffs. Not <laughs> even just even, Super Bowl appearances. Never even playoff lost a playoff game. Yeah. yeah. Like, it has like, never felt the grief of getting booted home from the playoffs. To be fair, as a Bucks fan, we haven't felt that grief in quite a while. So... You know, with the minimal chances we've had, we've been able to make the most of it. But I'm glad JPP's ready to go because as superstitious as I am, just about sports, that's one of those stats that really makes you wonder. Shaq Barrett as well also going to be back. So uh, good to have your two starting outside linebackers back from the 2020 playoff push. I, I mean, they were such a big deal in that pass rush. I know that your big guys in the middle have been doing their thing. Uh, Joe Tryon has, you know, been getting his reps, and that's important as well. But Shaq Barrett's the guy who you pay. And JPP, I think, is just good to have out there. Like, I, I know we talked a little earlier this season about, you know, his reps kind of getting in the way of Joe Tryon. But with JPP taking a couple games off down the stretch, it whatever. You know, I mean, it's the playoffs. It's a different time. He is a veteran. He's been there before. He is 8-0 in the playoffs as a starter. So on top of that, Bruce Arians also said today that Anthony Nelson is suffering an ankle injury. So his status still kind of up in the air for Sunday. Didn't get an entirely... Uh, productive update, I guess, from Bruce on that. But as Anthony Nelson has been a guy who's stepped up quite a bit this last month, uh, that's that's kind of a loss for this D-line as well if he's not going to be good to go for Sunday. Yeah, so Aaron brings up in the chat that Jack Barrett was in a brace today. Uh, is that 100% he's going to play the whole game or will he be on a snap count? I don't know if he's going to be on a snap count or not. Um, I mean, the fact that he's in a brace, it was a pretty serious injury. I mean, it wasn't like a tear or anything, but um, you know, I don't, I just think they want to be cautious. And today was a walkthrough, so you're not going to be doing a whole lot today anyway. So I wouldn't really worry about that yet. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, he'll be healthier. He's not going to be healthy. I mean, I think well, he had a torn rotator cuff, didn't he? I mean, yeah. that's not gonna, I mean, he's definitely going to heal. He's definitely not 100%, um, but he's healthier than he would have been if he tried to tough it out the uh, last quarter yeah, of the season. For, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I actually still think that I think I mentioned on the show that they, they should have sat him earlier. I, I think that, you know, he played, I think his last game was the Saints game on, on Sunday night. Um, I, he shouldn't have played in that game. They they probably should have sat him like after the Giants game. Like they should have just sat him. That would that's four more unnecessary games they had to play in and just didn't yeah. make an impact. I would have sat him. But anyways, no big deal. I mean, you know, he's back. It seems like he's ready to go. We'll see. Obviously, he's not 100%, but if he can give you anything, that's good. Um, One last and- guy that we're going to cover injury-wise is in the wide receiver room, and it'll actually bring us to our first mailbag question of the show. Uh, but Bruce Arians in his press conference today said that Surreal Grayson Jr. is doubtful for this Sunday's game. And that's kind of a shame because, you know, we talked a lot about potentially the noise he could make in the playoffs, right? I mean, you were hoping he could prove that he is that guy. Two weeks in a row against the Jets and the Panthers, he proved he could be one of those guys for Tom Brady. We talked a lot about that budding relationship and the, the trust being built between Brady and his receiver. And it looks like Grayson's going to be missing the first playoff game of the year this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame. It sucks for him. Um, you know, obviously we talked about his story and everything and, um, but you know, it's just, it's another thing. I mean, look, it's so surreal. Grayson, 
he is what he is. Like, like he was a good story, but we don't know how much of a factor he was going to be. Right. Like it, it would still be determined on how much of a factor he's going to be. And it sounds like, you know, like Bruce said, it's not as severe as they thought. So it sounds like if they advance, maybe he'll be available for the next week. Uh, just not, not really this week. And um, that has caused some people to wonder if maybe they should have added a different wide receiver uh, just in case something like this would happen. Yeah, our buddy OG underscore third 88 on Instagram basically asked that question. Uh, why did the Bucks not sign a veteran receiver? Because when you look at it, they really only need him to be out there for three or four games. And then, you know, that's it. So a vet minimum deal, something that makes sense is is friendly towards the team. And then you get a big name in there who can help out in the playoffs. Why did the Bucks not go that route is uh, what our buddy OG is asking. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's not that easy for a wide receiver to just pick it up, you know, pick up a playbook and, and, you know, and do it right. It's, it's easier said than done. Like it's easier when, you know, when you're, when you're just sitting there and, Oh, plug this guy and he can play right away. It's just, it's not the same. Um, talking about chemistry with the quarterbacks, chemistry in the offense, chemistry with your other teammates. It's just, it's, it's not as easy to pick those things up in that short amount of time when these games mean so much now, right? Like these games matter now. Right. If you wanted to do that, you do that after like the Saints game, basically. So then you have three extra games, you know, to sort of work them in. You can't really do that now. It's just that's not really a, a possibility. Now, I mean, that being said, they go out Sunday and they win, but two more receivers go down. I, you kind of have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> you you kind of don't have a choice. Um, but, uh, you know, as it stands right now, I understood why they didn't uh, sign someone. Um, you know, most of the guys on the street or available, they're available for a reason right now. Like they are available for a reason. So, um, yeah, I just, I didn't really see many upside options and it just, it's, it's not easy to try and pick up a playbook that short amount of time. Yeah. Got a random question from our buddy Aaron in the chat, but that's the nature of the mailbag show. So let's go ahead and run this one really quick. Uh, do you think Lenny will get re-signed by Tampa Bay or will he go and get paid elsewhere? Me personally, I, I, I don't know how Evan feels, so I'll ask him here in a second. But I think Lenny has the best chance of all these running backs to really get re-signed and come back to Tampa next year. I, I think what he was able to bring to this offense when he was really playing his best ball this season. And then on top of that, just the effectiveness he had in that championship run last year. I, I think that's a big deal to Tampa Bay. And, you know with a position as disposable as running backs can be Leonard Fournette's a guy that they already got for peanuts. I don't know what his market's going to be. I think some other teams are definitely going to be interested and they would look to use him as a lead back, but like Lenny kind of proved he could do it this year, you know, in what capacity is going to be able to do it in the playoffs. We have to wait and see because he is returning from injury, but like, I think Lenny really proved he could be a starting running back for the Bucks and in this offense moving forward. So I think he's going to re-sign with the Bucks. Uh, but Evan, what do you think? Here's the issue. Um, yeah, he's been much better this year. He's proven that means his price goes up. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's the thing. And I think this year with Leonard Fournette, I think if if he got a bigger offer from somewhere somewhere else that he would not be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer right now. I just think that the offers out there, I don't have a source on this, but I would guess that the offers out there were probably close to what the Bucs were offering. So he's like, okay, I'll just go back to Tampa. But if, you know, if he got a, a multi-year deal, you know, for six, seven mil a year, I think he'd take it and the Bucs wouldn't match it. 
So I think, again, this offseason, it comes down to that. Are, are the Bucks willing to, to stretch a little bit on the price? I think they will a little bit to an extent. I just don't think they want to go multiple years, three or four years with a guy at five, six, seven million dollars a year. I just right. I don't think you know his cap hit for 20 for this year is 3.25 million. I think if the I think the Bucks would probably be comfortable with like a one year deal, like four and a half mil, five mil. Um, but I mean the the difference in the amount of carries and yards that he's had and you know, catching the football out of the backfield has been huge this season, yeah. but it also means that his price will go up. So I have no clue. I, I agree with you that like out of the three that are free agents, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, I think Leonard Fournette is the most likely to return, but I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I just, I don't know because it's just, I think the market is going to really dictate that. If the market's not there, sure, I think he'll come back. But I could easily see somebody throwing him, you know, he's a former top five pick. Uh, he had a really good year this year. He had the whole Super Bowl run last year. Yeah, I could see a, a team throwing him a, a four-year deal that the Bucs just won't match. So we'll see. And it'll be interesting to see what this running back room looks like after this offseason's all said and done. Yeah, and then depending on when the time they actually get around to negotiating with Leonard Fournette, is you know you'll have a pretty good idea of how much of this offense is going to be left because we have talked about it we talked about it a year ago we talked about it the week after you know they signed everybody back this Bucks team is going to look a lot different in mm -hmm. 2022 or yeah for the 2022 season so I think depending on when they yeah, get, it's, it's going to look different regardless yeah right um, I think you and I are kind of confident that Tom Brady is going to be back but aside from that you know Mike Evans is going to be here uh, most of your mainstays are going to be here. Vita Vea just got paid a huge extension. Of course, he's going to be here for a while on that defense. They just signed him through 2026. But there's going to be a lot of moving parts. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe what they're eyeing in the draft, right? I mean, if the Bucks target a pretty shifty college running back in the first or second round, that would lead you to believe that maybe they're not willing to go on that much of a limb to sign a guy like Leonard Fournette. But you know, just like with everything that we talk about months ahead of time, time will tell. And right now we are focused on this week's matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Really quickly, I've seen this mentioned in the chat a few times, but our buddy, uh, our buddy Pat McGroin brings it up. We talked about the absence of Surreal Grayson a little earlier. Uh, he says, I don't know. I think Tyler Johnson, Brashad Perryman, and Scotty Miller can pick up the slack. But I have seen a couple of people say this next part. We should focus on our tight ends in this game. That should help take some pressure off of the receivers, maybe target the middle of the field. Maybe Rob Gronkowski is a huge factor for this offense this week. Uh, but what do you think? I, I know we talked about the weather favoring the running team, but if the Bucs have an opportunity to pass the ball, they're going to want to mix things up. And uh, Rob Gronkowski is definitely capable of catching it and housing some people, but maybe some other positions will have to step up. I don't know. OJ Howard at the tight end position got a touchdown against Philly last time. Maybe we see him targeted a little more this week. What do you what do you think about uh, the tight ends getting involved? OJ Howard has had his best game of the year against Philly. Um, right. Yeah. But I, I have to you, you can't bring that up without bringing this up when you and you're talking about Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski did not play in that football game. He, he wasn't there. Um, so. You know, OJ Howard had six catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he made a big impact. Um, but I did, 
I don't know what's up, man, with, with Howard, whether he's not doing the things during the week at practice or, or what, but like he's barely playing. Yeah. I mean, he is, yeah. you're talking about a guy who's not going to be here next year. I'd be shocked if OJ Howard was a buck next year. Um, he is barely playing well, like, I, anything. Like I, he's I, playing more, more special team snaps than anything. Like it's, I flirted, I flirted with some draft talk a little earlier, which is, you know, normally the case for us this time of year. But since the Bucs are making a playoff run, things are a little different. But I think with O.J. Howard's status and, you know, Rob Gronkowski, I, I think should be back. I, I assume that he's going to be here as long as Brady is. But um, you better believe the Bucs are probably going to be targeting a tight end in the first three rounds of the draft next year, too. They haven't drafted uh, one in five years. And that last one was O.J. Howard. I, uh, I don't know about the first three rounds, necessarily, especially not. I mean, the tight end class sucks. Yeah. So okay. I, I it definitely won't be in the first two rounds, I don't think, unless you're just gonna draft like a horrible football player. <laughs> um, but I mean if you're if you're reaching for need there, that's when you start to get into trouble. But yeah, I think they'll they'll draft one. We don't know about Cameron Brait, right? They they're gonna need all the cap space they can get to keep these guys. And Cameron Brait's making seven million dollars that you can free up. Uh don't don't know. I think he might have to take another pay cut to uh to stick around. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see with the draft. I, I do think think they they would um they, they would draft one I, I think i think you could see it in, in the fourth or fifth round more likely but uh i i don't expect oj howard back i do expect gronk back so yeah but i mean you know as far as this matchup goes yeah gronkowski's a huge factor uh gronkowski was, was fantastic versus carolina he was fantastic versus the jets and we talked about kind of a lull that gronkowski had right you know a few games there um Versus the Saints, I, that might have been like the worst performance I've ever seen from from him. You know that that Week 15 game versus New Orleans, I, he was dreadful. Yeah. Um, and uh, now he's starting to pick it up a little bit. So if he can, that'd be a huge boost because I know you know Philly's gonna be really keying on on on, on Mike Evans, right? They're they're gonna want to limit him. And you know Willie mentioned it. I think you know Willie's from Philly too. So oh, me and him, go. me and him, me and him have watched plenty of Eagles. And everybody knows that the Eagles, you know, their weakness is the linebacker. Um, you know, the, the, the Eagles, you know, weakness is at linebacker and tight ends have given them some issues in the past, not as much this season, but they also haven't really faced tight ends like Rob Gronkowski. The best ones, the Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, which they actually held in check pretty well, but like everybody else around them just went off. So I think it's kind of pick your poison with the Philly defense. And um, yeah, it'll be big if Gronkowski is able to be productive because I think they're going to need it. Oh yeah. Let's start to take a look at uh, this potential playoff run for Tampa Bay as a whole. And I'll start it by saying this. We've tempered expectations quite a bit here on the podcast throughout the year. People have called us Debbie Downers. People have called us fake fans. People have called us homers because of it, which is kind of weird. Um, uh, I, how I mean, does that make any sense? Yeah, I know. But I, you know, we predicted a, a 13 and four season, Ka-ching. got ripped to shreds, and uh, here we are. But let's talk about this Bucks playoff run as a whole. I'll start it by saying this it is hard to win a Super Bowl championship. It is hard to not only win a Super Bowl championship, but appear in the championship game the following season. Not only is that hard, it is even harder to win it twice in a row. That's why the last time it was done was almost 20 years ago by a man named Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, which gives me reason to believe, yeah, the Bucks could get it done, but there's a lot of things that they're going to have to clean up, and I think a lot of things that they're really going to have to focus on improving 
in the playoffs if they hope to really make a deep playoff run because it's it's tough, man. It really is. And with the injuries that the Bucs are facing, it's going to be even tougher than it would have been had you had Chris Godwin ready to go. Had you still had Antonio Brown not taking his shirt off on the sidelines. I mean, there are a lot of factors that could potentially hurt the Bucs this year. Will they? We have to wait and see, right? That's that's the nature of uh, that's the nature of what we're talking about here. But I wanted to get your thoughts on maybe some of the bigger things the Bucks need to focus on improving. Somebody said in the live chat, tackling this week is huge, and I think 54 back out on the field is really going to help out with that. But you know, on both sides of the football, offense and defense, where do you think the Bucks need to step it up the most if they hope to make a deep playoff run? Oh yeah, that's um, it, it, it's tough. Um, to pick one thing i mean the tackling is is a big issue um i think their their tackling hasn't been great really all season it's been good in spurts but hasn't really been consistent enough and especially in the playoffs like you can't have a a four-yard catch turn into an eight-yard gain because you miss a tackle yeah because you know guess what while it may seem insignificant then a 10 yard catch turns into a 25 yard game because you miss a tackle. And then a, you know, a screen pass because you miss a tackle turns into a touchdown. And like, I'm not saying like you have to make every single tackle, but it has to be better. Well, and when you look at a lot of the teams who were moving the ball on the bucks, I mean, even just last week, they were playing a terrible Carolina Panthers team who was able to move the ball pretty productively in the first half because they were using quick plays. Great blocking, right? Screen passes. Guess what Philly's going to do. Yeah, I mean, Philly is a quick pass team. They are also able to run the ball, as their statistics show. They were the best in the league at doing it this year. Like, these are all areas that, yeah, the Bucs are going to have to realize just how much I think they need to clean up this week. Yeah, 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 for for sure. Um, You know, I'm not sure. Obviously, the penalties haven't been as much of an issue, um, obviously. Uh, But really, I think the thing they're going to have to clean up, not just for this matchup, but I mean, overall is the run defense. I know that, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, teams will just pass on the bucks anyway, but guess what? Like it come playoff time. Like a running game is, is how you create balance. and How you win football games in the playoffs. Like you're not going to win many playoff games, throwing the ball 50 times. Like you see a lot of the quarterbacks, they're not going to throw the ball you know, 45, 50 times a game in the playoffs. That's just not how you win in the playoffs. So um, I think the run defense is going to have to be better. Does it have to be number one and dominant? No, it doesn't have to be, but they have to be better than they have been. Because like you said, they've been playing some dreadful offenses and they've been struggling against the run. They struggled, you know, versus Chicago against the run. They struggle versus the Jets against the run. They struggle versus the Panthers against the run. Like, all teams that they beat, sure. But like, guess what? The Eagles are better than all those teams. And if if the Eagles are going to do it, let's say the Bucks move on. Then they play the, let's say, the, the Rams or something. Right? The Rams will probably pass it a little bit more. But, you know, they're going to be looking at that. They're going to want to run, run the football. Like, you, you talk about getting them one-dimensional, right? That's Todd Bowles' thing. Get them one-dimensional you know, create turnovers through the air, get sacks, get fumbles, get, you know, stuff like that. If you're getting gashed on the ground, like it doesn't matter. Like your, your defense is going to be toast. So I think that is actually surprisingly, um, didn't think we'd be at that point in the season. Right. (laughs) Uh, surprisingly, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, not just in this matchup. It's very specific in this matchup, but I think for the rest of the playoffs, because the Eagles go out and run for 150 yards on you and you, but you win. 
guess what other teams are going to do? They're just going to try to do the same thing. And there are better teams out there than Philly and they can exploit you in different ways. So, um, yeah, I think that's something that, that needs to be cleaned up a, a lot. So I think, and tackling, that kind of goes hand in hand, right? The run defense and tackling. So I, I think when you're looking at it, hopefully the presence of Avante David, if he's able to come back, um, Shaq Barrett, Jace Bear Paul, hopefully those guys can step up and, uh, yeah, and, and, and play. Because they're, they're going to need their, their big boys to step up. And that's playoff time. You know, you need your, your star players to play like star players. Oh, yeah. I, I really hope the return of Levante David can do something for Devin White. Um, I, I know the run defense is something that we literally just circled around entirely, but let's talk about his presence as a pass rusher. I mean, I will say when you pull up the stats, you wouldn't think that Devin White has had as big of a drop off this year as he had. But the eye test is something that will tell you a little bit differently. Uh, I know he is right around the same as he was in tackles. I think he's like five or 10 less solo tackles this season than he had in 2020. But the difference is like six and a half sacks. Uh, He had close to 10 sacks as a middle linebacker last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like that's, that's impressive. Right. And, And that was really his strong point was send the blitz, maybe send 45 a second later. And with as fast and athletic as athletic as he is, He's usually able to find a hole and then get after the quarterback with a guy like Jalen hurts. He could avoid that pressure, but you know, if they're going to throw, if you send 45 at a quarterback, that's going to make a lot of them make mistakes, right? Because that's 250 pounds of uh, he's from Louisiana, right? He's just a big country. I mean, that's farm strength coming at you. That's all I have to say. If you guys have ever heard that term before, you know exactly what I mean. Like that's not football player strength. That is Devin white running full speed, with the hands that have just been throwing hay for, you know, 20 years, but yeah, he's going to need to step it up. And I hope 54 is able to do that really quickly. We do have an email from Emily Compa. She says time to step it up without saying a name. Our bucks on offense need to turn it up as there is uh, you know, hoping not to lose a step after losing a very talented wide receiver a couple of weeks ago. Brady obviously has the experience and our remaining wide receivers have the talent to step in and get over that speed bump. Do you agree or do you have your doubts about this wide receiver room going forward? Basically is what Emily is asking us. We talked about surreal Grayson not being available this week. Scotty Miller kind of fighting a revived role in this offense. We saw him on the end around, get a touchdown from about 40 yards out against Carolina. But uh, as far as everybody else they have in that wide receiver room, how confident are you? Are, are you as confident as Emily seems to be? Um, I think it, it's, the, you know the counter argument is that we have seen Tom Brady win with a lot less. Yeah, but also the 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 schemes that Brady has played in are more beneficial to playing with a lot less. Right. Um, because the Bucks scheme relies on a lot of their individual players getting open. Uh, what happens when your individual players who are really good go down? Well, the the guys who aren't as good aren't good for a reason, and they can't get open as easily. So. I think a lot of it's going to do with some scheming and just like simple stuff, right? It's not hard. Um, they do it occasionally. I just don't think they do it enough. Uh, and I know that you no, know, everybody thinks that like, I don't criticize the coaching staff. Like this is literally a criticism right here. Um, like I don't, I don't think they do it enough to get Gronk his, his catch that he needed. It was a designed play to scheme Gronkowski open. It gained five or six yards. Yeah, it didn't take it to the house, but it gained five or six yards. It was good. That whole game plan versus Carolina week 16, when, you know, when, they, when they played in Carolina, I thought that was one of the best offensive game plans of the year for what you had to work with. You were down Mike Evans. You were down Chris Godwin, 
right? You know, to me, that was scheming your guys open, putting them in a position to succeed. And I think that's what the Bucs are going to need to do. So it's not as much that I don't have confidence in the Bucs receivers. It's that I'm not sure if the Bucs can consistently scheme guys open, you know, it's like scheme guys like Prashad Perryman, Tyler Johnson. Like, I don't know if they can consistently scheme them open enough to, to win, you know, the, the big one, to, to go four straight games uh, and win the Super Bowl. I just, I don't know, you know, could it pass for this week? Maybe, you know, may, maybe. Um, but I just, in the long run, I just don't know. I think they're going to have to come up with something else on offense and maybe they do. Maybe they come out this weekend, you know, versus Philly. And it looks kind of like the Carolina one, right. Where they're scheming guys and it looks good. Who knows? But uh, I think if they want to, um, really make it some noise here, they're going to have to figure out ways to just get the ball in guys' hands. No, I, I agree with you. That was actually something I wanted to talk about a little earlier when we were talking about things that need to be stepped up for Tampa Bay. Creativity in the play calling. I mean, not even just getting creative like a lot of coaches tend to do. You know, I don't think the answer is more double play action end arounds to Scotty Miller, but just finding a way to, again, play to the strengths of the players that you have. Scheme your guys open. Easy, high percentage plays. Um, some people like to call it dink and dunk offense and you know what i'm all in favor for it because it won tom brady more than a few super bowls so we'll see what the bucks can do i know that in the past it is definitely a real thing that coaches tend to save their best for the playoffs so hopefully we can see something from byron leftwich this week that uh, we just haven't seen this year and i i'm i'm pretty confident that we can but let's go ahead and wrap things up this is a segment for the ogs uh this is a segment for the people who have been watching the tampa bay buccaneers since before they won their first Super Bowl, all the way back in 2002. The Bucks and the Eagles, man. This mm-hmm. rivalry is, uh, is a pretty big deal to people who have been watching the Bucks for a very long time. The last time these two teams met in the postseason, Rondé Barber picked off Donovan, uh, Donovan McNabb, took it to the house, and sent the Buccaneers to San Diego for their first ever Super Bowl. Coast to coast, baby. After that... The Bucs shut down the vet. They opened up the Lincoln the very next season, and they kicked the hell out of Philly again. Uh, but for a long time, the Philadelphia Eagles were that one team that it felt like the Bucs could just not get past. When you look at the Tony Dungy Bucks, a lot of times they were stopped by the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles got, Eagles got the Bucs before they won their Super Bowl in 02 quite a few times as well. Like, this is... This is a uh, this is a rivalry that a lot of the times has played out in the postseason, and it's been about twenty years since these teams have met in the postseason. But the history proves that it's it's a pretty big time matchup. Even though none of the players are the same, most of the people who have been watching these two teams for a while they know what this means to uh, to some of the old school fans. The Buccaneers' first ever playoff game was against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Buccaneers won that game twenty four to seventeen. It was in nineteen seventy nine. Um, then they met in, I believe 2000, uh, the Bucks got beat 21 to three in Philly. The next year they went back to Philly. The Bucks lost 31 to nine. They failed to score a touchdown in veteran stadium. They did not score a single touchdown in two games in two playoff games. Tony Dungy was fired next year for the third straight year. The Bucks had to go to Philly and they finally beat the Eagles 27 to 10. Like you said, we're talking about this the playoffs, but they did open up the the link. They closed the vet, open up the link with a win. Um, 
And then, you know, they've had some, some crazy, you know, things, uh, Matt Bryant's field goal in 2006, yeah. uh, Nick Foles throwing a touchdown pass as time expired in 2012. Um, you know, the Doug Martin game, the explosion, James Winston's explosion in Philly in 2015, Fitz magic, you know, Deshaun Jackson, the first yeah. play in 2018. Right. So, uh, they've had, these two teams have had their moments and they've had a lot of, moments in the playoffs and yeah you're right for the older bucks fans this is going to be a blast from the past um and not many newer bucks fans really realize it because there is like you know the old bucks fans talk about oh how much they hate the packers and you know the bears and the lions and stuff there's the old you know the black and blue division right um younger bucks fans don't really understand that well this is a playoff matchup that younger bucks fans don't really understand either so most partly because the bucks haven't been to the playoffs much right like they haven't (laughs) been there much but um this is a matchup that yeah it's um it's definitely historic and i think a lot of people um you know a a lot of people are going to be you know sort of nostalgic i guess you could say um yeah so sort of nostalgic so yeah, yeah it's uh definitely a historic matchup and uh, crazy that after all this time it's good to come back to this but this is uh you know we talk about those times that they they um you know they, they struggled in philly this one's in tampa so maybe yeah. there'll be a difference uh, i know a lot of people are asking about like some eagles like specific questions uh we have the game preview show on friday so we are going to get into all things eagles uh, on Friday and we're going to do the predictions then and everything. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for checking out the live stream this week. That's just about going to do it for this episode of the cannon fire podcast. Excuse me. Uh, a lot of history between these two teams cannot be stated enough. And hopefully they can make some more history this weekend inside Raymond James stadium as the Buccaneers look to start their playoff push towards their second straight Super Bowl. It's pretty exciting. I'm just going to keep billing it that way until I can't anymore because the Bucs are still defending Super Bowl champions until they're not. So, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. The playoffs are here. Let's enjoy the ride and uh, pluck these dirty birds on Sunday. I know Evan's not going to be too happy about it, but that that's okay. We'll keep him around. I, I like the, the, the dirty birds are like the Falcons. So just uh, pluck the birds. How about it, that? I think it's applicable to all the birds in the league, right? I mean, you got so many... How many bird teams do we have? Three? The Falcons, Falcon, the Ravens? Falcons, Eagles, Eagles, Seahawks, Ravens. Oh, my God. The Cardinals? Yeah, that's quite yeah, a bit. They need to make a dirty bird division at this point. I mean, I'll refer to any bird team as the dirty birds, and this week it is Philly, but it should be a good one. Uh, folks, check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Shout out to our moderators working hard in the chat here. Willie Beeman dropping all the info you need to know down there. We truly appreciate your help, my friend. Thank you so much. Shout out to everybody hanging out here in the show. Rich, TB12 Goatman, Willie I just mentioned, our buddy Tony Baloney, uh, Frank G, anybody else that I may have missed, Pat McGroin, Extra, We truly do appreciate your guys' support. We'll talk to you, or uh, actually, I need to plug my own social media. Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We will talk to you on Friday for the game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. We'll break down everything you need to know about the Super Wild Card Weekend matchup between the defending, reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the visiting Philadelphia Eagles.
I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys later. Until then, and as always, thanks for watching, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.